Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. to the real essence of GT racing, aren't they? When you think back to the start of the company, they went racing to help promote the clever engineering, the lightweight cars with the strange engines, the flat formula at the back of the cars. They race to this day, and the biggest race series in the world is the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge. Here in the USA, it's by Yokohama, and it's at VIR now on IMSA Radio. The Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama on IMSA Radio. It has been a super Saturday of racing at Virginia International Raceway. Uh, very busy indeed. The only thing missing, well, that's been you. Because with the current restrictions, uh, no opportunity to open the gates to spectators here in Danville, Virginia. Just across the state line from North Carolina. This is a circuit that just over three and a quarter miles and 17 corners has tested the best in the world since the late 1950s when a group of enterprising businessmen carved out pretty much the circuit that you see now or the outline of it with a bulldozer. Almost lost in the 70s and brought back to life spectacularly at the turn of the century in 2000. Hello everybody, VIR, Virginia is for lovers and VIR is for motorsport lovers. It's the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. I'm John Hindorf and Jeremy Shaw is with me as we look at the grid for this first of two races for the weekend. And uh, just a very quick note, by the way, about uh, the first race here. It was actually won by a Porsche, driven by Bob Holbert back in 1957, uh, a 550 RS, I believe it was. Ooh, but today, lovely. we've got the rounds three and four of this year's Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. The There was no qualifying this morning. That was uh, cancelled because of some uh, track repairs that needed to take place. Very little running also yesterday in practice. One of the sessions pretty much rained out entirely. So the grid is set by championship positions. Uh, the first two rounds were split. A first and a second place finish each uh, for the top two candidates in the points. But the winner of the first race will start from the pole position. And that will be Jeff Kingsley, number 16, for Kelly Moss Road and Race. Alongside him is Riley Dickinson for More Speed, who was uh, quickest yesterday in the practice session. Third on the grid is the top Masters contenders. Uh, top Masters contender for Kelly Moss AM Motorsports, car number 99 is Alan Metney. Alongside him for JDX Racing, car number 11 is Sean McAllister. 
row three of the grid, Sebastian Carrazzo for Kelly Moss Road and Race in car number 27, and his teammate David Brule Sr. in car number 48. Row four of the grid, Kurt Hunt for ACI Motorsports in car number 24, and Charlie Luck the fourth for Wright Motorsports in 45, one of the several Virginia residents in this race. Charlie Craig will start in the ninth position in car number 76 for TPC Racing, alongside his teammate from Richmond, Virginia in car number 10 is Vernon McClure. Michael Manella will start in the 11th position for MCR Racing car number 4, alongside a debutant this weekend is Kenny Murillo from California for top racing in the car number 56, previously driven by David Baker. On row seven of the grid is Brian Henderson also making his debut this weekend for JDX Racing. He has come out of the Michelin Pilot Challenge Race Series in a Honda Civic TCR alongside Kurt Swearingen for ACI Motorsports, who's top of the Gold Cup contenders in car number 17. Row eight of the grid is Efren Castro, another Gold Cup car for TPC Racing in car number 65, alongside Bart Collins in car number 22 for MCR Racing. And the grid being made up by the third of the ACI Motorsports cars, car number 18, is Richard Edge. Well, you just caught me out a little bit there, Jeremy, because you went front to back rather than back to front. <laughs> Variety being the spice of life, Mr Shaw. Uh, 45 minutes on the clock. What a day of action it's been at VIR and on the Radio Show Limited network of sound and vision channels. I'm heading into my 14th hour of broadcasting today and we've got more tomorrow. Race two for the Porsches plus the Michelin Pilot Challenge all in sound and vision but for now let's finish on a high and how can you not be excited about flat six engines in the back of these Porsche race cars. Jeff Kingsley brings them to the line for Kelly Moss Road and Race, most speed uh, alongside then Kelly Moss, then JDX. Kelly Moss really bossing the front of the grid here. Let's wait for the number 16 car and Jeff Kingsley to hit the pedal and go for it. It's another slow start. We saw this in the racing earlier on and it kind of worked for the inside band, but the outside front row start and may struggle just a little bit as Riley Dickinson will have to be sharp and was dropped immediately in that most speed car and he's defending straight away from Alan Metney down the inside of the iFly car coming through with the white front end exactly what happened in the WeatherTech race which was two Porsches ironically on the front row of the grid Paul Sitter gets away brilliantly. Guy on the outside of the front row is going so slow. He gets eaten up and Metney goes through in the second. Dickinson down to third. I think McAllister held on to fourth position from Carrazzo. David Brill Senior in fifth position. No, he's dropping down. He was the one that went wide and dropped down to eighth position. But again, Jeremy Shaw, that slow run to the line, really not favourable for the man on the outside of the front row. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to maintain the uh, safety car speed or pace car speed until uh, you come up and then gradually increase your speed and then get, you know, then jump on the throttle, not go from a very slow speed to very high speed right away. But the team tactics, I think, there for Kelly Moss Road and Race because that certainly left uh, uh, Riley Dickinson hanging out to try there. So he's going to try now to get past Alan Metney, who's uh, the, uh, in that iFly car. He's the best of the Masters contenders. He's uh, super impressive as Alan Metney doesn't normally quite have the pace of Riley Dickinson but he got the uh, second place at the start and he's going to try and keep it. Masters cars have to have ABS which the cup cars don't normally have in the sprint specification you can't have it as an optional extra as it were if you're going to go 
endurance racing, but the Masters cars do. Here comes Charlie Look in the green, yellow, red and white car, and that's a lovely pass on the number 76 as he came down the back straight, and uh, Charlie Craig couldn't stay with him there for the Craig Capital Corporation, TPC Racing 76. Charlie Look has had none this year, Jeremy. Uh, not always his fault, but he's not had the finishes that we know he can pull off in that car as the battle for second continues between Riley Dickinson in third for most speed and Alan Metney. Alan beginning to drive defensively and that will be meat and drink to Riley Dickinson, I would think, is the side-by-side -side going through to turn three. Dickinson trying to hang out on the outside. He'll try the cut back onto the inside at turn four and that will get him through, surely. Oh, but the ABS, of course, the ABS helping Metney. He's breaking all the way up to the apex there of turn four and that definitely helped him. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of what Alan Metley has managed to do in his short time in racing, but there's no need for this. Uh, he's not battling for the overall championship. Well, he is battling for the overall championship, but he's not really got much chance of winning it, uh, I don't think. And uh, he's just uh, trying to play in the team game here to allow his teammate Jeff Kingsley to pull away at the front of the field. I don't think that's uh, the way this sport runs. This is supposed to be a kind of semi-professional championship. It's not a pro championship, is the uh, Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge. So I'm not uh, terribly impressed there by Alan Metney. I don't think that was really necessary, and it's cost Riley Dickinson another position. Carrazzo's gone through in that uh, bright highlight, a yellow and red machine. That's another Kelly Moss. So that's Kelly Moss in some form. First, second, and third. Riley Dickinson, the best of the Moose Speed cars with the Moose Speed M, but uh, the sort of claws over the top of the wheel arches, the fenders there on the 53 car, in dark red they are for that car, but the most speed, that is the most speed uh, trademark, just the one most speed car in the championship, JDX with a couple, ACI with a couple, TPC with a couple, uh, but Kelly Boss has uh, kept the numbers up with four cars in their awning for the race here at VIR this weekend. Down to turn one. Riley Dickinson having to find his way through. ACI Motorsports further back in 16th position. Uh, 15th and 16th. That's the Swearingen and Edge cars. It's the two team cars, second and third in the gold category. Slightly different specification of cars now for the GT3 Gold, not quite the same as what you have up front. There was an update to what's called Generation 2 or Gen 2 uh, for the cars at the sharp end of the field and the Gold cars are still running the slightly older Gen 1 cars. The Gold Cup contenders running right with this, the big pack, pack of platinum cars uh, with uh, the number 76 car, that patriotically delivery car of Charlie Craig, who's racing in this series for just the second weekend he made his debut at road america at the beginning of the season he's from greenwich connecticut uh, driving one of the tpc racing cars he's got a big train of cars behind him now it's caught in the bottle there rather and this is making things very interesting for efren castro kurt swearingen and the rest of the gt3 gold cup runners because they are very close Lee matched and there's barely a couple of seconds between those four on the end of this big group. It's Michael Manella who's at the back of the platinum grid in the number four car for MCR Racing 
in 13th spot, but they're all bottled up. David Brill Sr., Kelly Moss Road Race in that 48 car, sitting in behind the Charlie Craig TPC Racing Stars and Stripes car, and he's under pressure at the moment. Further forward, now we've got uh, John McAllister on the back of the leading four, making that a quintet, Jeremy, that are battling at the sharp end of the field. Yeah, they are, and uh, Jack Higley is uh, checking out of the front now. He's got three and a half seconds over that battle for a second place. And there is the David Brule Senior finally making a move past uh, Charlie Craig on the run to turn one. A good move by David uh, Senior there. Really good job to move up into the seventh position. So in that thick of that battle is Kenny, Kenny Murillo in car number 56 making his debut in this championship. Whoops. And that was all started by Kurt Hunt going down the inside of the ACI Motorsports car. The number 24 that looked like he just about timed that right in the purple and green car. He's got out of it. Looks like we might need a safety car to clean this up on the Yokohama replay. Started actually on the run out of turn three into turn four. That's where it all started. It looks like there was a little bobble by the 76 car. Hunt comes down the inside, but he's never really there, Jeremy. That was a, a triumph of uh, expectation over talent and, in fact, even over position on the track. Yeah, that wasn't going to work, was it? Uh, and it was just a matter of time before something happened there amongst that group because uh, they'd been held up pretty dramatically there in those for those those couple of laps by that number 76 car of charlie craig uh, and he was going to he, he just was intent not on falling back down the order was he yeah exactly so and sometimes and i've heard you say this many times jeremy sometimes you've got to pick the battles to fight uh, and maybe that wasn't one for that number 24 and kurt hunt in the SCI motorsports the driving club at road atlanta sponsored car and there's another off and that is the number 22 it's Bart Collins who was running fourth in the gold cup very distinctive livery on that mainly blue car and he's doing a bit of grass tracking Yokohama tires scrambling for grip now question did he just make a mistake yes he did he goes a tiny bit wide at the final corner not the first person to do that, and I'll guarantee you, not even this weekend, he won't be the last person to do that at turn 17 <laughs> at the hog pen. He's, he could have gone a lot further off, and we've seen people explore the scenery even further than that, Jeremy, haven't we? Yeah, we, we, we're absolutely right there, we have. Uh, and he was, you know, he was lucky to go get away with that. You get on the grass here, and you can slide potentially for an awful long way. It's not much to hit out there uh, until you do, and then it's fairly solid. Uh, and you are yes. coming quite quickly down that hill. And the reason the car kept on sliding there, there has been quite a lot of rain uh, around VIR. One of the reasons that not, there hasn't been that much practice uh, in some of the other categories is that the, uh, the drivers didn't want to go out when it was so wet. Uh, and then we lost some time due to that work that had to go on to the safety barriers after there'd been an accident in a different session. So it has been a little bit of a voyage of discovery. Apex car coming down the hill there. That is the 
number 48, Dibril Senior. Dropping down to the battle at the front of the field and Sebastian Carrazzo going side by side with Riley Dickinson and Carrazzo and Dickinson are going at it towards four again this is quality stuff from these two Sebastian Carrazzo stepping up from the gold category and he's done a pretty good job Jeremy we've seen him in the gold cup doing a, a very nice job indeed mixing it with some platinum cars at the back of their field in the last season or so took the plunge and has gone up to the front of the field indeed so as a dominant winner of the gold cup one year ago a couple of years ago at Watkins Glen and started off rather ignominiously with a huge crash in the first race and an incredible job by the car to, to well actually it was, it was in practice he missed the first race an amazing job by the team to get him out for the second race but since then uh, he's really taken it seriously in Sebastian Carrazzo lost a lot of weight over the winter uh, and uh, you know he's stepped up into platinum class cars and doing really nicely here and holding off Riley Dickinson and not having to resort to any super defensive tactics to do so either so Riley Dickinson here I'm sure he feels he's quite a bit quicker and Sebastian Carrazzo but Carrazzo is, is driving a nice race there's no way through as yet for Riley Dickinson and in the meantime Alametti is a holding ahead of both of the men in the second position overall as Jeff Dickinson Jeff Kinsey he makes his escape at the front of the field yeah and uh, the best lap of the race is to Jeff Kingsley 150.411 oh there's a spin at the top of the hill at the roller coaster uh, and that is the number 50 five, six. Uh, uh, sorry 5-6 car that's got that's gone around uh, that is Kenny Marillo for top racing and he just got his braking all wrong as he was following uh, David Brule in the Kelly Moss Morden race car. Those two had been together the previous lap when I mentioned them going down the hill. And actually, you know what, Jeremy? I think that spin is born out the fact he didn't want to run up the back of the car in front of him, of David Brule Senior. He got it wrong. Yeah, he did, didn't he? It looked like to me there wasn't maybe a little, you know there was a little bit of a tap. David David Brule did a great job to hang on to that car. Great. And it was Kenny Murillo, the youngster. Uh, who just 23 years of age from from Santa Rosa, California, and uh, hearts go out to everybody in the uh, California area. By the way, for the horrendous uh, wildfires in that part of the world. Kenny, his father, uh, Ken, successful driver and team owner, of course, in the Michelin Pilot Challenge series. Uh, and Kenny has got this opportunity. David Baker was set to drive this car and should have been competing in his 100th race this weekend. Unfortunately, David was involved in a nasty crash at Road America a couple of weeks ago. He's uh, stepped out of the cockpit, uh, at least for the time being. But uh, he's uh, super enthusiast as David. He wanted somebody else to drive the car. So he had uh, three or four drivers had an opportunity to test the car, this car, a couple of, uh, a week or so ago. And it's Kenny Murillo got the drive and he, there he is he was doing a nice job and he's had uh, gone for a spin now got a lot of work to make up to catch up again so Carrazzo 27 Dickinson 53 not their ages by the way that's the numbers of the car I'm reeling off as they go through and Alan Metney's just pulled away by nearly a second from those two having a battle these cars of course very evenly matched you can set the cars up the way you want to they start quite uh, heavy on fuel with about 50 minutes to run depending on which circuits we go to 
basically replicating the sort of fuel run, a fuel stint of an endurance race. Tyre management is part of it. The Yokohama is exceptionally consistent unless you abuse them, as any tyre would be, Jeremy. And we have seen drivers in the past pull out a lead and having lent on the tyres when the car is heavy and full of fuel at the start of the race. In fact, here, we saw that a few years ago where a couple of drivers went off like the, had a firework up the exhaust pipe and then their times dropped off by a couple of seconds a lap. So you have got to look after these Yokohamas a wee bit, particularly early on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that certainly, yeah, that is a, an important factor in this race, and it's super frustrating here for Riley Dickens. He still can't cannot find a way past that 27 car of Victor Gomez is using all of the curb, all of everything coming up uh, through the, the the climbing S's there at the top of the hill. Carrazo is putting his car exactly where Riley Dickinson doesn't want it to be. And of course, that's the skill. That's the whole point of, of motor racing. Neither Jeremy or I like to see cars sliding around. Now, there was a little mistake. I don't like to see people weaving around, but Carrazo just got it a little sideways coming out of 17, and that was all that Dickinson needed. He drafts through, and well before the braking area, he's in and through takes the position, had to just check his braking a little bit because he wasn't on the optimum line to turn in the right-hander at turn one. So Dickinson now back up to third position. Tiny, tiny margins. That was the very last curb coming out of turn 17 for Sebastian Carrazo that just caught him out, Jeremy. Got sideways. He controlled it beautifully, but it just meant he'd lost maybe, what, a couple of miles an hour, if that. Yeah, that was a good driving by both those two, and Riley Dickinson was smart enough there to know that he needed to defend defend that inside line going to turn one to prevent the uh, number 27 car, Sebastian Carrazo, making another move to regain that position. So good racing between those, those two, a good, clean, hard racing between those two. Now we will see whether Riley Dickinson can make any inroads into the uh, second place car of Alan Metney. Metney, who uh, got out to about a second up the road. That's been pegged back to 7.10, so already Dickinson taking time out the white iFly car. Further back down the field, 17. Kurt Swearingen in the ACI Motorsports, and it's ACI Motorsports for 11th, 12th and 13th, although not all in the same class because the... Well. 13th yeah. car is is a platinum car but the first two certainly are in the same class and they are fighting for position indeed they are they are fighting for the lead in the gold cup category so yeah that is Ooh. super tight between those two there's an off there for uh, michael manella oh that will That's hurt a, yeah yeah that will hurt yeah that was all four wheels airborne got a bit of push understeer coming through turn 10 and at that point he's got all four wheels airborne and the reason i say it, it will hurt the car for one thing it might not do the bottom of the driver's back any good either because that looked to be quite a hard landing there. It wasn't one of those soft ones where you see the suspension take it. That was a, a fairly hefty thud. I've seen a few people there that over there down through the years, in fact. Yeah, and uh, in, uh, yeah, they, they come across the line here. Uh, so leading the Gold Cup, what happened then to uh, Efren Castro? He was off uh, 
earlier in the race, I guess. I think he was maybe held up by that incident at the, at the top of the hill or one of the places because he's lost some ground uh, to this pair, quite a lot of ground to this pair, and they continue to battle for the lead in uh, in Gold Cup. And meanwhile, now having set the fastest lap of the race, Riley Dickinson has immediately caught up with Alan Metney. Now the battle is on for second place, one minute fifty. 0.296 last time around for Riley Dickinson in that more speed car number 53. On the back straight, heading towards the roller coaster. 27 minutes to go. So coming down a half distance very quickly. The cars will be getting lighter. The fuel is burning off. The Yokohama tyre is now well up to temperature and pressure on a, what has been a beautiful day. Track temperature still over 30 degrees Celsius, 32 degrees celsius so that's into the 90s fahrenheit not as not the hottest we've seen here but certainly still hard work for the yokohama tires 28 degrees in the air will make things uh, fairly uncomfortable inside these cars engine is behind you but a lot of cooling systems in the front so you've got pipework running around and through the car albeit all in safe conditions of course but then you're wearing uh, underwear that is fireproof plus a three-layer Normex suit plus your balaclava, your helmet, your gloves and you're concentrating at the same time. Great! And we, Jeremy and I both wish we were sitting there sweating it out at the moment. This looks too much fun for us. The battle for second position. Kingsley up the road by six seconds, then Metley, then Dickinson. Now Dickinson's been here before, Jeremy. What's he learned from being behind Alan Metney earlier in the race? Yeah, very good question, John. I mean, you know, he's had some, he had a bunch of good results last season. He got his first win, right, Dickinson, towards the end of the year. He started off this year already with a first and a second, and uh, he's looking to uh, maintain at least that podium streak. I think he's got not got much chance now to catch. But he's looking to the inside. He's going to. There's a little bit of contact there, and Alan Metney has to slide sideways and through his Riley Dickinson. Hey, look, uh, you get what you're given in this series, I reckon. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't begrudge that move, although it has uh, dislodged the uh, the rear valance, hasn't it, on number 90, 99 oh, yeah. uh, Riley Dickinson better watch out here when he gets into the breaking area at the top of the hill because Alan Metney is clearly not very, not very happy. No, he's going to have a look down the inside. He's got a decent run, in fairness. Remember, he has got ABS, and off goes Dickinson. There's a touch there, I think. That was Metney not being very impressed, but that wasn't the greatest thing to do. I am sure that will be getting looked at as Dickinson rejoins in still pretty good shape, other than the grass in the front grill. Now, does he come into the pit lane, or does he stay out? No, he stays out. But that was two into one, not really going, Jeremy. The 99 car isn't quite there. Oh, he didn't touch him. No. That was just a mistake from Dickinson. The yeah. uh, angle that I saw before, I thought there'd been a little bit of sideways rubbing, and that is an uncharacteristic mistake by Riley Dickinson. I won't say it's an unforced error, Jeremy, because uh, Metney was there pushing hard, but a little bit of Yokohama on the grass and the mud on the right-hand side, I think that's what might have done it for Riley Dickinson I think, there. I think so, the 18-year-old there, he got a little, you know, he, he'd uh, made a forceful pass to the lead. He wanted to break as late as he possibly could to maintain that advantage. He knew that Alametti was not going to be very happy at the, the way that pass was made, so he's going to break as late as he possibly could uh, for the uh, roller coaster at the top of the hill. But uh, I think it looks like he left oh, his yeah. break just a little bit too late locked it up. and slid on by. Yeah, on the initial on the initial time we saw that, there was a, my, my, my uh, 
my screen had just jumped a little bit, so I missed the critical point. You can see quite clearly there on the replay, there was no contact between a number 53 and a number 99. What this has done, though, is brought Sebastian Carrazzo into play. He's in a podium spot at the moment, and Sean McAllister is the unlucky man in fourth at the moment. So his eyes have lit up because the car in front of him now is a podium. And that's uh, rear valence that's waving around on the back is not going to be helping the aerodynamics of Alan Metney's car. These cars are pretty aero-dependent, not as much as, say, a GT3 or a GT Le Mans car, but there are bits on the cars, particularly that little rubber, almost uh, under piece at the front fairing. That, if you lose that little piece of bib spoiler there, it's a tiny piece of rubber that's just an interference fit on the front lip of the front spoiler. You lose that, you've got terminal understeer push everywhere. Back, well, you might get away with that. It's providing a bit of downforce, along with that very prominent rear wing. It might make the car a little bit more lively in the faster, faster stuff. Crossing the line now, decent battle going on down in 7th and 8th position David Brill Senior Victor McClure right up his tailpipes that's another Kelly Moss road race versus TPC but it is as fun as the Vernon McClure he's from Chesterfield Virginia so he's a relatively local driver uh, he's uh, literally a home builder uh, Main Street Homes is his, is his, is his company uh, for Vernon McClure he's in that car number 10 he uh, he started back in the 10th uh, position uh, and he's in the 8th place now and David Brule under a lot of pressure, but David Brule is really doing a nice job, and he's no spring chicken to David Brule, he's 72 years of age I believe, mm. from Channing in Michigan um, David Brule Senior uh, and uh, he's, but he's driving absolutely superbly, he's really uh, come on strong this season, he's learned a lot over the winter, again he's another part of this Kelly Boss team, so able to draw all the, all the experience from these other drivers in that team He's using all of that now to hold on that, to that position ahead of Vernon McClure. Going down to 20 minutes, so over half distance now. And you'll really be feeling the changes in the dynamics of these Porsche 911 GT3 Cup cars. Much, much lighter than when you started the race. But then you've got to balance that off against how you feeling behind the wheel, how much tiredness is seeping in the drivers and just the odd lack of concentration and Efren Castro has just been off in the black and yellow number 65 again uh, yeah he's not having a stellar day and again it's at turn 10 and he goes for a wild ride on driver's right gathers it all together and gets it back on the road by about 11 actually it's almost the entrance to 12 by that point which is the oak tree corner that, that is, that's a very scary ride there when you've got a race car that's meant to be very close to the ground, Jeremy, and you know that none of your wheels are touching the ground, then that's, that's not a good place to be in, is it? No, it does tend to get you, catch, catch your attention, that's for absolute sure. Here's a look at the, uh, the shell livery car, that's car number 11 of Sean McAllister, running in fourth position as a result of that off for Riley Dickinson, who, by the way, uh, slipped back even further on that last time. I think his car uh, might be uh, suffering the effects of that off, but uh, 
the, the Californian Sean McAllister in the JDX racing cars chasing after Smash and Carrazzo as they battle for uh, third and fourth. Jeremy Shaw and John Hangdorf inside the last 20 minutes for race one of two for the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Channel challenged by Yorker Harmer. Run by Kurt Swearingen in the 11th position but leading gold and he's got a platinum car now. One of his teammates between him and another one of his teammates uh, in second place in the gold clap. So it's Swearingen, then Hunt, then Edge. Hunt being the interloper there in the platinum class. A little further ahead, Brill Senior. The Kelly Moss Roden race. Vernon McClure sitting in behind him. Comes out to driver's left as they head up to the braking area. The top of the hill, can't make that one work. Got to keep the concentration levels up at this point. Easy to make silly mistakes, as we've seen, Jeremy. No pit stops in this race, of course. And Carrazzo has been... Well, I'm going to say he has been caught, because I think he has been caught by McAllister now in that classic red, white and yellow shell-coloured number 11. Sean McAllister for JDX. We have got the black and gold JDX car in this race as well, which is the colours that I tend to associate with JDX racing. That's the uh, number 77 car for Brian Henderson. And all of a sudden, Carrazzo's walking up a little bit, Jeremy, and just puts a little bit of track between himself and the fourth place car. Yeah, just a little bit of a breathing uh, space there between those two. And uh, because of that little battle that they had for the last couple of laps, uh, Alan Metney has now got a head down. He's pulled away in almost two seconds. You could just see him uh, exiting the edge of the corner of the picture there, heading up to the roller coaster. And Alan Metney is uh, once again doing a super job, uh, no doubt about it, for Kelly Moss. Uh, AM Motorsports, AM for Alan Metney. Uh, he, and it's a Kelly Moss 1-2-3 at the moment. Just keeping an eye on Riley Dickinson. I was expecting to see him coming back through the field, but I think he's off course excursion where he ran down out of the uh, roller coaster at turn 14 and did most of the downhill section on the grass. I think that's done his car much good. He did a 52-5 last time around, and in fact, he's been caught by Charlie Look in the 45 multicoloured car. That gap down to under 10 seconds now. In fact, it's down to eight and a half. And Dickinson now 10 and a half seconds behind Sean McAllister and not really gaining on him. Lost about half a second, six tenths last time around. Riley's quicker than that. And he's not the sort of driver, Jeremy, to throw the towel in. So I can only imagine that that uh, grassy moment, it was a bit more than a grassy moment, wasn't it? But uh, that grassy run uh, has... Uh, done a little bit of damage to the setup of that car and just knocked it away from full optimum. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. But at the same time, uh, he, he, he probably realises, as we see, this, this is uh, looking to the inside of uh, Kurt Swearing, and that's the platinum class car of Kurt Hunt in car number 24. So there's a battle for position out on the racetrack, but not in their respective championships between these two. Kurt Swearing is uh, in the lead of the category at the moment and from the uh, opening round of the championship uh, to Road America a couple of weeks ago, every Castro and Kurt Swearingen shared victories 
but uh, the difference between it Kurt had a, uh, a second place finish in the other racing, Efren Castro finishing only fourth. So Swearing are looking for his second consecutive championship at Gold Cup uh, class win here this weekend. Just back to Riley Dickinson though very briefly. The good news for him is he has at the moment set the fastest lap of the race. Mm. And I believe with qualifying having been cancelled, I believe the grid for tomorrow's race will be set according yeah. to fastest laps today. So that would put Riley Dickinson on the pole for tomorrow. He knows well, and just as you say that, of course, Alan Metney has just set a oh, 150.236. So Metney at the moment would be on pole. And I don't think Alan's had a, certainly hasn't had an earned pole before in the no. platinum class. He has not, no, he hasn't. His, his best starting position was uh, second place at Road America last year, second overall last season. Uh, but so he's a regular top three contender now, Alamedney, but that's a great run uh, to to uh, to uh, set that fastest lap of the, race, uh, of the race, particularly at this stage of the race with only 14 minutes remaining. So they've been running flat out for over half an hour in these cars. We'll see now whether Riley Dickens Magnificent stuff to end a very busy day of racing at VIR and on the Radio Show Limited network of audio and visual channels, video channels. And a big thank you to our colleagues at NASCAR Productions who've worked very hard indeed today up in Charlotte. Thanks to Jake and to Keith and the rest of the team. Also to Rob and to Curry, our London-based producers, who have pulled all of that side of things together. Multiple events going on from different parts of the world. And a whole host of other voices that you haven't heard have been doing other things uh, whilst we've been watching racing at VIR. Very long day and we get a slightly shorter one tomorrow, but it's all action on Sunday here. So still plenty of things for you to watch tomorrow with the a prototype challenge, second races for Porsche and Lamborghini, and of course, the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Roger Vincent directing up in Charlotte, over in Charlotte, out in Charlotte, whichever way you look at it. Thank you, Roger. Bit of uh, oval racing tomorrow as well, which we'll be watching on catch up with the 104th running of the Indy 500. If you're in the US, it is, of course, NBC, who are looking after that with a stellar lineup of talent. Been watching that in the UK on Sky Sports 1 with the NBC coverage. Thoroughly enjoying that in the last few weeks. Sat and watched all of Carp Deer the other day, which I've never had the opportunity to sit and watch from start to finish before. Good for you. Hey, the, the, so the David Brule finally has been overtaken by Vernon McClure. They're in number 10 car. So that battle heading through turns one and two. In the meantime, Jeff Kingsley uh, serenely out in front of this race. 12 minutes remaining. His last lap was a 1 minute 50.59, which is only a couple of tenths away from the best lap that he has done in this race. Uh, Alan met his last lap was a 151.0. So having set that super fast lap, that is the fastest lap of the race so far. Uh, Alan Metney now, perhaps he's reckoning that's job done. He's going to consolidate that second position. Looks like eagle-eyed Alan Prosser might have given us a little bit of a hint as to 
Riley Dickinson's. I mean, he has still put some good lap times in, but he hasn't been able to close that gap down to Sean McAllister. In fact, it's going out 11 and a half seconds now. That little bit of, of uh, rubber that I was talking about on the chin spoiler of the car, uh, that's long and black and sort of rubbery. And uh, Alan thinks he saw something flying off when Riley was on the grass. If that's the case, then the harder he pushes, the worse the understeer, the worse will put the push will get. See, watched a lot of Porsche Cup races down through the years. Uh, UK Carrera Cup on the British Touring Car Championship. Carrera Cup Middle East. I used to do the talky bits for as well. And here in the US. And once that's gone, you are in a world of pain. It just gets worse and worse. I'm impressed that Alan Metney's rear valance hasn't fallen off yet. He's done his best to shake it off, Jeremy. But he's, he's hanging, does, he? hanging on for grim yeah. death. Actually, not slowing it down. Not at all. He said the fastest lap of the race just a couple of laps ago. So, uh, yeah, hats off uh, to, to Alan Metney. You know, after being, I think, a little bit over-defensive over in early stages, he's, uh, he's now really got his head down and driving beautifully. Meanwhile, a little bit further back in the back, this is the battle for 10th, 11th and 12th. It's uh, Brian Henderson making his debut in this championship this weekend for JDX Racing, who has the position. It's Kurt Hunt, who made his debut last time out, looks to the inside at Turn 4, who wants that position. That's a nice bit of driving by both. Hunt down the inside, but then had to hang on on the outside of five before the pass was confirmed. And fair driving by Brian there. He's got a bit of experience. Jeremy says it's his first outing here, but it's not his first race by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's not, and uh, he's got a, a wealth of experience in, in various different cars, including most recently in the, the TCR category in a Honda Civic. But uh, he, he's another uh, relatively local driver. Here's Brian Henderson. This is hometown is Fredericksburg in Virginia. So he's uh, taking this opportunity to, to drive this, this uh, bias Porsche for the first time for Jeremy Dale and Harrison Bricks' team. So under 10 minutes to go as they head down the back straight that uh, battle that Jeremy's just been talking about JDX versus ACI Ryan Henderson then holding on to a solid 11th place in class these cars not the easiest to drive particularly in the platinum category where there's uh, no ABS uh, and no traction control Funny enough, when I started my broadcast day today, I uh, did the opening six hours or so of uh, an online race from Barcelona. I was talking to a couple of drivers who picked the 991 Cup cars. Why would you pick something like that? They're hard to drive or get a lot of pleasure out of driving these cars fast. They, they respond in the virtual world as well as the real world to being driven with uh, a little bit of finesse. Yeah, they're quite a heavy car. Uh, they are obviously a derivative of the Street 911. And then turned into the race car with a little bit of help from Porsche at Visac. But essentially do come off the production line as a shell with a cage in it. And you've got to be very wary and understanding of weight transfer in these cars. Once you get the hang of that, particularly remember these are the 
cars with the engine right at the back, hanging over the rear axle and beyond. Once you get the hang of that, uh, I think then you're on your way. Before that, we've seen, I've seen a lot of drivers down through the years, Jeremy, who've guested in Carrera Cup GP and the Middle Eastern Championship, who've come out of successful careers in other quite high forms of motorsport, including British Touring Car Championship, GT Championship, but they've never driven a 911 before, and a cup car, it's not the easiest 911 to drive. Yeah, very good point indeed. Uh, they are not. Uh, they are kind of an art form of their own, aren't they? And uh, they do provide some tremendous racing, and it's, uh, it's generally speaking, the drivers with experience in these cars who tend to shine the, uh, the brightest. Interesting battle, by the way, in the Gold Cup category, not for the for the lead right now because uh, Kurt Swearingen has about three seconds over his ACI teammate uh, Richard Edge, but the battle is for fastest lap. It's been going back and forth between Kurt Swearingen and Efren Castro last time around. Swearingen took it back again at a 152.7. So that is the fastest class, the fastest lap in the class for Gold Cup, and that will set the positions for tomorrow's race. Yeah, well, very good. Plenty of action still tomorrow as we head into the last five minutes or so. Still that battle going on between Swearingen and the 77. Ryan Henderson for JDX now, right up behind the Gold Cup leader. Not in the same category, but there's a little bit of bragging rights. That is for, what, 11th position. And yeah. Four seconds away from a top 10 finish, swearing in there. That would be very good in this company. I think he'd be very happy with that. Indeed, so. And in fact, in fact, he's just passed Brian Henderson last time around. Yes, exactly. So uh, he's, he's, uh, he is making progress as well on the overall. Oh, there's a big slide for Alan Metney. Yeah, I wonder if that rear bodywork issue is just beginning to tell on the handling of the car. And. Easily have overworked the rear tires. It's not that much actually, but it is part of the underbody that's uh, underneath the painted part of the rear of the car, and it should be sealing a gap just behind the right rear wheel. And hopefully that will go back on because I bet it's really expensive as <laughs> it's flapping around. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, I tell you what, another guy who's, who's charging hard at the moment is Charlie Luck. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, sixth position, he's just set his best lap of the race at a 151.4, which uh, again at this stage in the proceedings, that's a stout effort, Charlie. Well done. Uh, and that's what we were saying earlier on, Jeremy, wasn't it? About you know how do you set the car up? How do you want it to feel? Do you live with it at the beginning and let the car come into its own and help you as the fuel burns off but the tyres are getting more worn or do you drive like a you know what at the beginning and let it help you do that and try and be racy at the beginning and then just live with what you've got at the end it's an interesting conundrum but Charlie's getting the best out of those four Yokohama tyres and his Porsche at the end of the race with under five minutes to go Charlie Luck is the another Virginia resident uh, from from Richmond, Virginia. He is, this is his uh, 49th start in this championship. He made his debut at Sebring uh, back in 2017, and he's had some ups and downs in the championship, no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, it's certainly been a good performance by him again today. But Jeff Kingsley is out in front, and but talking of. Uh, 
milestone starts. This, in fact, is the 50th start for Alan Metney in this championship. Is it really? Alan Metney's done 50 uh, starts already. Yeah, I, I remember it? when he first came in. It seems like yeah. yesterday. Well, not yesterday, obviously, because that was a Friday and we didn't have a race then. But you know what I mean? <laughs> well, in actual fact, he, he and, uh, and Charlie Luck made their debut on the same weekend at Sebring. The difference between, well, well they've got uh, different number of starts. Charlie missed a weekend ah. and Alan missed one one race one weekend due to a shunt on the, uh, I forget where that was, I think it might have been Watkins Glen, but the Road America, one of the two, I can't remember. Uh, a couple of years ago, so he missed one race. So this is uh, Alan's 40 uh, 50th start and uh, Charlie's 49th. Yeah, we did have that big accident at Watkins Glen one year, didn't we? That took out a number of cars. Very big accident indeed. Proved the worth of the safety equipment in the Porsches. These cars raced in this specification from Super Cup, which supports Formula One around the world, all the way down to re through regional and Continental Series, as in the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge to National Carrera Cup, as we have in the UK, Porsche Carrera Cup Middle East as well. That's a bit of a hybrid version, not with the cars. I mean, how it works, because it is a, a regional series rather than a national series, but it still gets a, a Carrera Cup title. The Cup Challenges tend to be, as in this case for the IMSA, GT3 Cup Challenge by Young Ahama, as Jeremy said earlier, tend to exclude professional drivers. So we've got a nice mix here of uh, drivers who are stepping through this and trying to make this a, a rung on their motorsport career ladder. Those would be the younger drivers, development drivers, if you would like to put it that way, who are seeking a career in motorsport. And then you have the drivers who are at the have either raced for a very long time and want to keep racing and a Porsche is a lovely way to go and race or they've got to a certain stage in their life with a bit of disposable income and they think, do you know what, I've always wanted to do racing and I've never had the opportunity to do it before, let's go Carrera Cup racing and they go and knock on somebody's door like Kelly Moss or JDX or Mosspeed or Wright or any of the other teams, top ACI, TPC, oh somebody's just had a slide somewhere. And that's a big one at Oak Tree, and that's the 11 car. And Sean McAllister out of fourth position. I heard it before I saw it. Locked at Wales and also involved there is Michael Manella for MCR no, in the all-white car. Now, is that a different place, Jeremy? I think it is, John. They were certainly oh, yes, turn one. Turn yeah. one, absolutely right, Jeremy. And they've both managed to get back on the track with 42 seconds left, but that's a horrible, horrible finish to the race for McAllister, who's running in a strong fourth and trying to get up with Carrazzo for third. That puts Riley Dickinson back into fourth position as the white flag flies. Well, don't know what went wrong there for Sean McAllister. Sounded like he'd lost that from a long way out if the screech of tyres <laughs> uh, on the tarmac was anything to go by. And he arrived at the hard point of the outside of the corner, the barrier. He arrived facing the wrong direction completely. So I, I, I'm going to guess from that, Jeremy, that he locked it up coming into the first part of Oak Tree, rotated it and then fell off on the left-hand side going backwards. Yeah, fair comment, fair comment. It's a beautiful evening now, isn't it? Ah, super. At, uh, Virginia International Race. The sun's come out to play for the first time today uh, and it's certainly been a, a, 
the sun is shining on the parade here for Jeff Kingsley, who's been absolutely foot perfect at the front of the field. Each of his last well, six, seven laps have been within a tenth of a second or so of each other on a, on a, a three and a quarter mile racetrack. That says a lot. That's impressive driving from the young Canadian Jeff Kingsley. Kingsley then making his mark in front, of course, of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship teams who are packing up at a moment, at this moment, after their Saturday afternoon race. There'll still be a few people keeping a weather eye on what's been going on on the track. Always good for talent spotting these Challenge Series races uh, on the IMSA calendar, and that's why people want to do them. And Jeff Kingsley from north of the border in Canada comes through at the end of the race to complete lap number 25. The chequered flag awaits, and he wins. It's going to be somewhere around about 11 or 12 seconds back to the next car. It's the full length of the start, finished straight in the golden evening light. Somebody, I hope, has got a picture of that as Alan Metney goes through after a super drive and the fastest lap of the race. He'll start on pole position for race two tomorrow. Carrazo had a good battle and would finish third. And that means three Kelly Moss Road and race cars. Uh, Metney says Kelly Moss AM Motorsports, but effectively all out of the, uh, the same awning. In gold category, Kurt Swearingen has done a great job for ACI Motorsports. He finishes in ninth position, so that top ten finish did come his way at well, the end of yet. the race. <laughs> You've got a half an hour to go yet as uh, Kurt Swearingen's coming out of Oak Tree Corner now, heading up uh, toward the roller coaster uh, and the last few corners of this race. But it has been a really good drive from uh, Kurt Swearingen here in this number 17 car from Chattanooga, Tennessee for the ACI Motorsports team. Corners to go. Drops down for the final time. 15, 16. And then the number 17 car will negotiate the hog pen. Turn number 17. It will catch the unwary. But I suspect that Kurt will give himself plenty of room from the outside of the track. He's in no danger from a gold category car as he comes to the line. He is confirmed as ninth position ahead of Brian Henderson in 10th. Inside the top 10 then for the gold leader, second place. It's another ACI Motorsport uh, machine as his teammate has, has he come through? Yes, he has. I said that because I saw a car stopped on the side of the circuit. It's the number 10 car. It can't be the number 10 car. It is, it is. It's it's Victor McClure, uh, it's Fernand McClure, who has stopped right at the very end there. Well, that's a shame. Not sure what's happened there. Swearingen then from Richard H in second place. And Efren Castro, after all of his trials and tribulations, does get third place in the GT Gold category, GT3 Gold category. Jeff Kingsley wins it for Kelly Moss Road and Race in a lights to flag victory for the MPT Racing for Children Porsche as he gets the chequered flag and comes back into the pit lane.
that's as close to a perfect a race as I've seen in Porsches. He really didn't get a challenge, albeit perhaps aided and abetted by Alan Metney earlier on, but you can't say that for later on, Jeremy. He drove away and controlled the race. Metney himself did a good job once he'd stopped trying to hold back Riley Dickinson and actually produced a very good performance. Carrazzo in third will be happy with his race as well. From the drop of the flag, it was the 16. He brought him to the line slowly, finished quickly and finishes as an 11.3 second winner. On the first of two races, join Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindoff, for the second VIR Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama on Sunday, live in sound and vision. From VIR, that was Super Saturday. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.